Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 54 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can freely read your word. Help us learn more of you and your ways today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what's happening in Luke chapter 10. Jesus had appointed 70 people to go ahead of him to get the people ready for his message before he arrived. He recognized even back then that there were fewer people willing to do God's work than needed. He also knew the people were ready for his message, the message of the coming Messiah. It's much the same today. There are fewer servants in the church than needed, and people are desperate to hear a message of hope. He instructs these men, much like he instructed his disciples when they went out to minister, in telling them to bring no provisions or money. He also told them not to dilly-dally, not to stop and talk to people on their way. He shows us he is a man on a mission and instructs these men similarly. I love his instructions on peace in verses 5 and 6, where he says, Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to his household, freedom from all the distresses that result from sin be with this family. And if anyone is worthy of peace and blessedness is there, the peace and blessedness you wish shall come upon him. But if not, it shall come back to you. The definition of peace in this verse is outstanding. Freedom from all the distresses that result from sin. Jesus came to grant us peace, which in this verse is synonymous with freedom, freedom from distress from our sins. Let us receive his peace today. He also instructed them to eat what was given them. Remember, there were certain practices where people would not eat meat because it had been sacrificed to idols. But Jesus gave them not only permission, he gave them instructions to eat what was set before them. He gave them authority to heal people. This would have been an extraordinary event back then, and it is today as well. Imagine the sick thousands of years ago without the kind of medical attention we have today. Their desperation was sure, and these men could actually do something about it. It would have been a true gift to receive their healing. They were ecstatic when they reunited with Jesus and told them they had authority even over the demons. Two of my favorite passages follow. They should be read often. Jesus said, I saw Satan falling like a lightning flash from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing in any way shall harm you. We need to remember we have this kind of authority as well. We do not have to allow the enemy to trample over us when we have the authority over him through the blood of Jesus Christ. The next few passages are equally, if not more, important. Jesus told them this authority was amazing, but even more important was their salvation. An important point to note is in verse 21, where Jesus prayed a prayer of rejoicing, thanking God that he had concealed salvation from the wise and educated but revealed it to the unskilled and unlearned people. This was God's plan all along. Jesus also said he had the power to choose to reveal himself and make himself known to whomever he chose. We can be extraordinarily thankful he chose us to know him. Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. He points out the two people who passed the injured man were both literate men, knew the law, and knew better, but they didn't walk out God's will. They lacked compassion, 
The Samaritan who did care for the injured man was the least likely to help him, but he did. Jesus desires compassion. He desires us to walk out our love, not keep it hidden. Lastly, we read about Mary and Martha. Mary sat herself at Jesus' feet and listened to him teach. Martha, she was busy making all the preparations and she resented her sister for not helping. When she tries to solicit her help through Jesus, he told her no. He said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. There is need of only one or but a few things. Mary has chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage, which shall not be taken away from her. It's easy to be a Martha in our modern day culture because there are so many things to do. However, let us imitate Mary and sit at Jesus' feet as often as we are able, being intentional about spending time with him. Let's see what's, what Paul is writing about to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He takes us back to the days of Moses, which we are very familiar with. He writes about the protection of God before them, God's presence going before them and their safe passage through the Red Sea. And he writes about the manna God provided them and the water they drank from the stone. All were spiritual and supernatural gifts God gave them. And even with all this, some of them still worshiped idols. So Paul warns the Corinthian church to not gratify evil desires of the flesh. He tells them not to tempt the Lord or complain. I am convicted as I read about complaining. It seems complaining has become almost a pastime in our modern day culture. We want things a certain way. And if we don't get what we want, when and how we want them, we start complaining. Let's pray against the spirit of complaining. Paul also gives warning to those who feel strong in their faith. He warns them to pray against temptation. Verse 13 is long and powerful. He writes that no temptation is beyond the ability of us to resist. And then I quote, but God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature. And he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried in his way beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with temptation, he will always provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. And then he warns against idolatry, against loving anything more than loving God. Paul writes about freedom, but that not all things are actually good or constructive for us to participate in, especially where other people are concerned. We should aim to be good influences around others and not lead them astray. He writes about food. Remember, there was a controversy about food, most importantly about meat and where it came from, if it had been sacrificed to idols or not. Verse 31 is a verse filled with wisdom and says, so then whether you eat or drink or whatever you may do, do all for the honor and glory of God. May we do everything we do to honor and glorify God. Let's see what's happening in Leviticus chapter 17. Apparently there were some Israelites who were still sacrificing animals to false gods. So the one true God told Moses that any ox, lamb, or goat killed must be killed inside the camp and brought to the priests for a sacrifice. They would perform the appropriate ceremony to remain holy in, Lord's, in the Lord's sight. An important distinction that will be referred to in later chapters is about the consumption of blood. God was adamant about everyone, whether an Israelite or a stranger, abstain from eating any kind of blood. Verse 11 says, for the like, the animal soul is in the blood, and I have given it to you for upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by reason of the life which it represents. Again, 
The soul of the animal is in its blood, and that's what makes their blood sacrificially acceptable to take the place for our soul, our sin in our soul. This also shows us why blood had to be shed for our sins through Jesus. His blood was the perfect sacrifice for sin. If anyone broke this rule, they were cut off from the tribe, likely killed. In chapter 18, God talks about Moses, about sexual practice among the Israelites. There were practices that he no longer allowed, so he was very specific about each instruction. We see the words, I am the Lord your God, a number of times. So we can be sure God wants us to know he is giving us his commands and we are to follow them. We have recently read about incest in the Corinthian church, and this is where God commands it is prohibited. God also commands them to stop sacrificing their children through burning them in the fire, which they did. The sacrifice was made to a fire god called Moloch, obviously a false god. At the end of the verse, we see, I am the Lord. Again, it seems unthinkable to do such a thing, and yet the people were led astray. I'm sure there are things we do today that future people will wonder how we could have done them, but we are currently unaware. As I read about the fire sacrifice, I ask God to show me where I am unknowingly doing something that he detests. Let's see what's happening in David's life as he wrote the 54th Psalm. David was hiding from King Saul among the Ziphites. These people told Saul that David was living among them. He prays God will save him from the people after him. He writes, save me, O God, by your name. Judge and vindicate me by your mighty strength and power. I love how David has no hesitation that the Lord would save him. He knew God's strength and power and didn't waver in his belief in God's ability to save him. He writes about the violent men, the ruthless one who sought to destroy him. But he also writes about God being his helper and he sacrifices a free will offering to the Lord, giving thanks to him. Again, we can follow David's example and offer up a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise to God in the storms of our lives, believing he will indeed save us. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for showing us more of you today. Lord, we pray you sanctify our hearts. Show us how to be more like you. Keep us yours, Lord. Please keep us yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.